digging. The next step, which is finding my why. And you circled it already. And I circled my five, I think, most outstanding things mm-hmm. um, that shape me. But now let me look at them again. Okay. Uh, now that I've already been through the process. <sighs> Let's see. Mm, I think go. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty good, I think. Okay. Uh, first one, probably. Um, um, I can follow your example, which was chronologically. Mm-hmm. So, before I met you, I was um one of the one of the more wasn't a valley it was more like a a pitfall which was uh, being the side chick of somebody how old were you i was 20 no i was uh, maybe 20 21 22 something like that don't really remember What's the story with being this side chick of somebody? I thought it was like, um, I think because I was so sheltered and so like a uh, feeling of unspecial, like what you talked about last time is like, what's my purpose? Like I, I had no passion about anything, no ambition, nothing until finally I was good at something, which was martial arts. And I excelled in it. I, ex- I excelled in uh, sports. And I was doing fine in school. It wasn't really anything exciting. I didn't have very many friends. And I was very naive. So when this person, it felt like this person picked me. Like I was special. Like I felt, I felt like I was special or chosen in a way. And I was chosen in, in, the, in the same realm of um in my martial arts because i was like the star student there so it felt like a natural step almost it almost felt like a natural thing mm. and um it was very brainwashing it's it a very culty sort of uh, what's, environment what's brainwashing the the school that i was in it was very like culty and while I admired like this person and how they were very gritty and they were very masculine or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he was also very sleazy and mm-hmm. immature, a child, selfish, egocentric. And he took advantage of me in, in more ways than none, but... Um, I, I learned in that situation that I was just giving everything because I, I thought um, I think at that time I just so want to like be a support I think from early on I knew I wasn't going to be like the leader of things but I was a great like second in command like I was a great how do you say like in sailor terms it's like first mate 
That was a great first mate. And that's what I was doing there. I would be working there, practicing there, and then, you know, being in that, being in that relationship. So if it, it felt like, ooh, I'm like special in a way, chosen to be at this at the right hand, like to be the go-to for this person in all these, in all these areas of this little world that we had. Hmm. Um, can you elaborate on? So everything that you felt, did it relate to being a, a side chick? Everything that I felt. From being taken yeah, advantage yeah. Mm -hmm. to uh, giving everything yeah. that all of you, um, is that what you're trying to say is what you mean as being a side chick? Well, uh, yeah, like, well, to me, that was such a, a pitfall but it also shaped me so much in, in what I don't want mm. like oh wow I was so deluded and very I gave all my power away and I didn't know I had power but this person fully knew how much power I have and they would often say to me you should just be a secretary you're such a great secretary why don't why do you want to go away to college? You'd be so great here. Working under me and stuff like this. Uh -huh. And I'd be there and we'd be at, you know, to say this during like a party or something. And, you know, he also introduced me first drinking, binge drink, like very sleazy things. And then mm -hmm. underneath the, uh, to hide all of that under the guise of being like, Oh, I'm mentoring you, or I, I'm taking care of you, or I'm uh, teaching you. And um, because I was so naive, I didn't really realize how much I was being taken advantage of. Yeah. And um, there were so many signs that this person is so toxic and insecure. And uh, seeing my potential... Of course, I have potential being athletic and being loyal and being have a lot of good qualities, but mm -hmm. so naive that he's like, I'm going to just take all that from myself. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't, uh, I didn't get it. I thought I'm being, I'm doing a good job in that I'm being ultimately 100% loyal and I'm being a good whatever I am. So... To summarize everything from being a side chick to somebody, um, how does this impact you now? Now it go now when I when I you know get out of that relationship, I'm like, it made me shape who do I want in my life? Because I still I understood that I just that was very bad. It was a very bad situation. Mm -hmm. But I also realized that oh, I now I know I know I can I can love somebody completely. Mm. I can give myself completely to somebody and go down that road again. I wasn't afraid to get hurt again, so to speak, or anything like that, but that I could go there. I could commit and I could um, I could be devoted to, you know. I just chose the wrong person. And um, I just needed to filter my who goes in my life now a lot better. So my filter became very uh, stringent, I guess. 
And so I, I begin to shape who I want in my life from there. And I begin to find out, oh, okay, so this is what I really value in a relationship. Because I've, I've been in almost the worst relationship. I wouldn't say the worst because, like, at least he didn't, like, mm-hmm. physically abuse me. But uh, definitely emotionally and mentally. Were you, um, so being the side chick to somebody, uh, were you seeking for this someone, though? This per this this type of person? Were you seeking for a relationship? No, it was more thrust upon me because this person wanted my whatever I have that was good and innocent and had a lot of potential. He mm-hmm. wanted that. And I think I think this person, um, they could maybe they weren't intentionally being sleazy, but I think they're I think this person had a lot of trauma as well, which I know. And so he was a victim of his own trauma and lashed out in all the ways. You know, he was self-harming. He was all this stuff. So obviously he could only do what he could do. Hmm. And uh, and I was just, I just happened to be a part of that. And uh, being strict, learning your lessons uh, from this relationship. And you said now you're very... Uh, stringent on like filtering types of people yeah Uh, how does that shape your relationship uh right after that i would say right after right after i'm still mm -hmm, i'm still not formed you know who i am right now yet but i i definitely know okay i can't start a relationship in sin basically it everything must be transparent everything Mm -hmm. must be known everything must be okay with with the people, it was, this was a secret too, right? So everybody must know about it. And I must be proud to shout this person from the rooftops. And I, I must be proud, right? I must be proud of this person next to me. Not, not hiding. Everything transparent. Transparency was like uh, a big one. I was like, now I'm just going to be very honest with how I live. And up until that point, I was like, I was comfortable with lying. And uh, before, when I was a child, I would get in so much trouble for lying. So uh, uh, would you say you lied a lot during your childhood? Yeah, I would lie because I'm afraid I'll get hit, you know, which I, then I did get hit already. <laughs> so, what, what made you lie I'm used to again? it. I'm used to it. It's so like, you've been, uh, you would say you were immune not to immune. being hit? No, not immune, no. I'm still so afraid, but that I'm so used to uh, being, to just lie because I don't want to deal with, there is there is nothing else. There is only lying. There is no support that if I, if I do tell the truth that it's going to be okay. There's only like, if I tell the truth, I'm in trouble. If I don't tell the truth, I'm in trouble. Hmm. That's how I felt. I felt like I can only get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way is get in trouble. So I'm not going to say shit. And yeah. so that's that's kind of how I thought before. Okay. And um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of things that went into this side check of somebody. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next story. Mm, I need more paper. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Mm. 
after this bullshit, <laughs> then I find out that, um, and I well, then I find out he's no longer going to be accountable to the debt that he accumulated. Again, he took advantage of me, so he also took advantage of my uh, credit cards and my good credit because I was brand new. I was like, you know, I just gotten, uh, just gotten real credit cards, whatever. So he took advantage of that. And I knowingly said yes, but because I blind, I blindly trust him so much that he will, oh, he'll do the right thing, right? He's not going to freaking not pay, right? Like who would do that? I would think like that. Who's not going to pay? Who's not going to be a decent human being? I would be a decent human being. And then more and more just start, you know, not, um, not paying things, not, uh, getting mad at me if I brought it up mm -hmm. you know shunning me and stuff and then finally when, when we finally like broke it off and I was like already um, basically saying like I was going to move out to Orange County mm -hmm. it was like um, no communication just stop communicating and I was like I feel like I don't even know what to do I didn't know I didn't have any Resources. I didn't have any friends, of course, because I didn't tell anybody about it. So I had no support system. Mm -hmm. And um, um, finally, I was like, when we broke it off, I was like, how do I, how do I get myself out of this? I really did not want to ask for help from anybody because I did truly feel it was my fault. But at that time, um, I was like uh, punishing myself. Like I did this mistake, and now. I feel very guilty and I'm going to punish the shit out of myself. So I was super angry all the time and I thought I deserved it. Which I did, you know, I felt yeah. like I did, but I, um, I put on so much more, um, like self hate or, uh, guilt and all this shit on myself, you know? Whereas this other person is probably just like, doesn't give a shit, right? Like, I'm suffering for him and for me and, and even then some. So, um. How did you feel you were uh, blindly trusted after this incident? Because I just, I never thought that somebody could be so heartless. You know? And um, how long did that take you probably to realize that? To realize he was heartless? To realize that you got screwed. Oh. No, I, w I realized pretty early. But then you didn't trust your gut feeling? Um, I feel like I'm stuck and I'm just... I got myself here basically or I let this happen to myself. So I should just take it. Like I'm so used to getting so punished. So uh, feeling that of giving up, right? Almost not giving up in, in that situation or more like I accept my fate. I accept the consequence of my decision of my action to me. I thought I'm being accountable. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start paying this debt um, because this is my punishment. That's what I thought. But, but you then, clearly knew it was his fault. Yes, but it, it's not just his fault. The way that I saw it is like, I said yes. I co-signed on shit. I like oh, yeah. said yes, right? So 
to me, it was like, well, if I'm really going to change my life, um, I think I need to understand the consequence of this action. So I was willing to pay a certain amount. I was willing to pay a certain amount, but I was not willing to pay all of it. Because mm-hmm. I said, hey, we both were here. We both made the decision to do this. So I'm willing to do my part. But you're not willing to do your part. In fact, you're telling me eh, you're shit out of luck. He would say say this in an email. Looks like you're shit out of luck like this. Like so uh, hateful and cold and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this is a person that says that they would do all these things for you and take care of you, blah, 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 right? Say that they love you and now you're saying this to me. Hmm. And I'm like, I could never say that because I said that I loved, I loved you. What about what? Like all that, like that. And I meant what I said. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me and that when that happened, like all of my innocent belief in what my my idea of what love actually is, is not, is changed. So I was like, all right, well. If you're not here, I'm not going to be here fucking fighting for this. And like, I feel like I've paid enough. So I'm done now. So I was like, how do I get rid of this? Like, how do I move on? And that's when I filed bankruptcy. So that was a turning point where I finally was not going to uh, financially punish myself anymore. I was still going to take the consequence of this bankruptcy on me. And I'm like, I'll, I'll take that as my punishment, but not paying every month for this debt. I would rather have this bankruptcy, wipe this shit off my record, but deal with a bankruptcy for seven years, and then move on with my life. And I'll take that as my punishment. But I'm not going to carry you around mentally anymore. So I believe in, you know, being accountable to your decision, whether good or bad. And Mm. then you move forward. Resilience. Yeah. So... That was a big turning point for me. And already by that time, I already meet you. So, What's, um, can you elaborate more on, uh, what, what does it define being a decent human being? That you in, will, in your, in my words, in your words of who, I mean, what's a decent human being to you? Probably right after or during those times yeah (laughs) considering all things right yeah um well in that context what i mean is this person during that time revealed to me a side where it would make me believe that maybe this person is not all bad maybe all of this shit that we're going through is for a good reason Right. Number one, I'm only there because I, this whole thing started is because I thought I'm special, chosen, and he's the one that's making me feel this way. Like I owe him. So right away, it's not very good, but I have a very distorted idea of what a real love is or what a real healthy relationship is. I have no idea because I'm not, allo- I'm not even allowed to explore it. So that's what my experience is. Hmm. So, um, 
in that context, what I mean by decent is that if you're this kind of person, um, how like how could you do that to me? If I was all of that to you, how could you do that to me? I could not do that to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like if you and I were to get in a terrible fight, I'm not going to go and like throw your iMac out the window or some sh- crazy shit that you've seen on TV. I'm just not like that. Mm-hmm. I just want to cut it off and move on with my life, right? And do my part. Like if we had something, if we made something together or like the business, I'll be like, you are responsible for your part. I'll be responsible for mine. Hmm. Fair. Fairness. Decency means fairness. Not pit, not uh, petty. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So both of these are pitfalls. Yes. Valleys. But they taught me like they definitely shape me who I am and how I see the world right now. Mm-hmm. That's why we have the similarity of the, we talked about, you know, being taken advantage of mm. how that's a big fear of ours and why we keep sometimes keep people at a distance. Cool. Next story. Next story. Next one would be, uh, leaving my hazmat job. That was a big peak. what's uh what's the turning point in this is this a good or a bad this is a great one okay i thought um it, it was so exciting to know that i even had the opportunity to leave it mm-hmm. because you were telling me at the time you know photography was taking off and i was given an opportunity to go seek out my passion and I was always saying I'm not I don't have any passion in anything I don't feel I feel like I don't have any real goals for myself and I'm a great follower but I know I have the the spirit and the potential to do more Mm. I always I always felt that when I was young but I didn't know how to like voice it or find it and finally, when I was when I was allowed to have the opportunity to leave that job and discover um, all of these tools that I'm actually I wasn't good at it at first, but it, I found that it was a great um, avenue for me to discover my true talent and um, my true passion. So in that time, that's where I developed my passion. And I was able to actually uh, find it. And um, was there, uh, during that time, were there books or uh, mentors other than myself who helped you steer this mindset? Yeah, you were like an unofficial, not mentor. You weren't Mm -hmm. really mentoring me. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you were, it was more, um, I didn't feel, I think looking back, it was mentoring, 
Uh, but at the time, I didn't feel that like that. But what what uh, really drew the line to leave Hazmat? It was a book. Yeah, and what book is that? That's the Four Hour Work Week. I was mm-hmm. just so inspired. Any any uh, things that you can remember specifically from this book? Like one thing or two things from this book that really made you jump the bandwagon and leaving your hazmat? I think it was more something like um, uh, the a thousand fans thing. Uh, you only need a thousand fans, true fans, and you can make a career out of that. You could sell anything if you have a thousand fans. Um, so <clears throat> explain more and why why it made your vision so possible. Because I'm not a very big dreamer, but I, and I'm very much rooted in reality, so I, to me it was feasible. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do that. And um, he also talked about building a personal brand. I was like, what is that? And that's when I discovered making content. And that became the framework to what we uh, execute now and how I always will feel um, and how I always communicate communicate to you that we have no competition. And if we do, it's like, it's healthy. Like it's not a, it's not a fear. It's like, oh, cool, you're doing that? Sweet, let me let my gears turn and um, see what I could make over here on my end. You know, um, how how can I communicate to the world our own unique self, me being me, you being you, our company being our company, our style being our style, and how do I communicate that to the world? And that's what I learned during that time and that it was possible. And I was like, cool. And you only need to speak to a, a number of people. There's nine billion people or whatever on the world, hmm. and you only need a thousand. And I just I believe that like so hard, wholeheartedly that we didn't need to attract everybody, which is true. We we say that today. We're like we only are looking for our clients, who are our clients, right? And mm-hmm. I always tell that to you when we when we try to refine our company whys and our company missions and things. And whenever we raise our prices, that's like. Who are we raising the price for for our clients, right, or whatever? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> did you know podcasting was the thing that you wanted to jump into after reading this book? I thought, uh, yeah, I think it was a part of it because it was another way to express. And at that time, this was kind of a big thing too. I was like, I have something to say. And before that, I've been very quiet, and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> so I, and when I read that book, I was inspired to voice what I'd held in for so long, and then from there, I was able to refine my voice, and it helped with our relationship. It challenged our relationship because now I was talking, and but then it also helped us grow. Next one. Um, I, I see a lot of patterns. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, the next big one, I think most recently is when I became an employee of KLV. I think that was a huge turning point. Is this positive? Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a negative thing. I'm freaking working for you. Well, that was, that was the thing. So, you know, like this statement working for you, right? Um, that's how I, I would feel. I would feel stuck in that world of, am I working again for a man who's trying to take advantage of me? This is my mm. big secret fear. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I feel like I go into war with you sometimes. And maybe that's the reason why you feel you're going to war with me before. Because we both have been traumatized and hurt in some way where trust is is uh violated very early in our well you much earlier than me um but i i feel like you might as well have taken away my my childlike innocence in that uh, previous relationship mm-hmm. so um when i became an employee i felt like you you were fi- you were finally letting me in and really saying that I will take care of you like that you meant it I think we had a lot of like uh, trust issues before. So that felt like we were both putting our injured hearts on the table and then going like, okay, even though we're been hurt or whatever, like we're still going to do. We're still going to do this. But uh, but I was like super happy that, like even though we were we're already married, but like we still didn't have trust, mm-hmm. which like always like scared me. And then I would be like, oh man, is this like is this it? Like we're always gonna feel like not trusting. So it was it was really scary. So up until up until that point, I don't feel like. I cannot let my guard down in a way, but I want to, like, I really want to like give you everything, Mm -hmm. you know, but then there'll be like little things where I'm like, oh no, I got to like hold back. I got to, I got to guard or I got to, um, defend or something like this. So although you've been with me for a while and after marriage, um, what, are things or signs that make you feel like you're being taken advantage of or the fear of being taken advantage of? Well, like, I feel like sometimes I would be trying to do, because I'm an acts of service person, so the way that I show my caring and love and, like, dedication or commitment is I do the thing with, say, like, little to no pay. Hmm. Or I'd go the extra mile. 
but then if I if I see those same things that the patterns the red flags are going off in my brain about this like traumatic experience that I have mm -hmm. and like how that person was able to to say all the things to to do all that stuff but then at the end of the day still even like would would just not not want to destroy me but want to leave me hmm. just be like i don't care i only care about myself an egocentric person an egotistical person somebody who's like at the end of the day only cares about himself so whenever I feel that and see it and hear it, I'm like instantly on guard. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like there's a lot of alarms going off in my head. Like watch out. Mm -hmm. Like say something or something like that. So after uh, feeling that we have went to another level mm -hmm. and you felt you're at another level and in, in not just in business but in in relationship mm -hmm. of being an employee um what other things have you felt mm, i feel like i can truly give give myself now and um, give from a place or serve from a place that isn't just for me. Like I truly want to make your visions come true, right? When I accepted that my purpose and my passion is to help others build that bridge. I do call myself the bridge builder or bridge maker and like, I take pride in that and helping people realize things and also advocating what they really mean. They're saying something, but there's something underneath. And I felt like I went through that where I'm saying something on the outside, but I mean something on the inside. Hmm. Interpreting people's true intent their true meaning like i feel like i do that for you a lot mm -hmm. and help you realize what are you really trying to say or where is this really coming from and like that brings me joy helping build the bridge and i feel like when i finally felt like i can do this this thing for other people because i feel safe And uh, Simon Sinek talked about it. He says, when you feel like you're in the circle of safety, you're ready to give full-heartedly. Hmm. So that, that was a big turning point for me and feeling like I didn't have to. So that's the feeling of safety in being under this company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because before you're, you're like, you'd be telling me, It'd be so confusing. It's like, you'd be like, um, it's like, you're like, because two households make or a household needs two incomes. You keep yeah. telling me that. And I'm like, but I'm working for you mm -hmm. and I'm trying to work for myself. 
So I don't really understand what you're saying. And then, but I wasn't even courageous enough to even ask. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean by that? Right? Like, that's a simple conversation, and I was so afraid I couldn't even say that. It's probably yeah. What what role? What role? Yeah, that makes you feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. In a company, right? Like yeah, just your, like when, your purpose. Yeah, your purpose in the company, like when you, just anyone's purpose when they work for someone, right? Mm-hmm. They were assigned a role, mm-hmm. and they're either happy with it or most of them aren't, right? Because it's just assigned. So now it's like sort of open ended. It's like, what was your purpose? I mean, what is your purpose in KLV? Because there is no assigned role, really. And then you discovered it. Yeah, and what what was cool is that I made it. <laughs> and you made it. <laughs> I created that role, you know. Because, yeah. And I I say that because, uh, you know, when I realized I wanted to be a part of this team, because I could really be a part of any team, mm-hmm. you know, a how goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I'm choosing to go here. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to be a part of your team because this is where my joy is. Mm-hmm. It's harder. It's definitely harder to yeah. do it here, but that's where my joy is. Cool. Uh, last, you ready for the last story? Yeah. Um, adopting Nika. I think this one's a good one. It kind of rounds up. It, I think she's a big proof to our growth. A big statement in how far we've come in terms of communicating, building patience. Um, she's our second chance to be better people. Not to be just better dog parents, but like just be better people. I think she makes us be conscious of our habitual like reptile brain that only wants to serve ourselves and doesn't think of others. Um, practice practicing being disciplined doing the simple thing of taking her out and doing it because you know you're contributing you're doing your part you're doing your part in this little tiny family and it was also like cool we can start again we have Nika because Caden is gone and Caden was a part of a toxicity that was in our relationship. Mm. When we when we purged, we started to do this purge of purging a lot of the arrows, toxicity, toxic people, toxic pet, the pet coming from not a good place either, and allowing ourselves to heal all of that shit. So Nika is like an example that, oh yeah, we can always start again. We can always learn from our mistake and that we can still have the happy ending, still have what we want, still be fulfilled, even though we've made many mistakes. Mm. So with so with her, it's always like, oh, cool, like oh, we, we've made a lot of mistakes. Or even personally, I would think to myself, personally, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I still have this life. I still have this fantastic little companion pet, and she's so like. She so loves us, you know, both of us equally. So I think that's a great testament. That's mm-hmm. a big, that's a big like marker for me in our present life. And you go, <clears throat> going forward, is there um, anything 
that you want more. More? Of my life? Yeah. Um, interesting. B asked me this yesterday. I, w- I just want to be fulfilled. I want to feel like the things that I'm doing have purpose. That I'm in my purpose. I'm doing the things that I love. No matter if it's, uh, you know, creating new furniture or designing something or even booking a wedding. You know, that I'm fulfilled with those those actions every day because it's it's contributing to a greater a greater picture the big picture what's that big picture the big picture is um a successful business successful marriage what's a successful business mean to you that we are able to support the team that we want the team members within it and have the the clients that make us the happiest you know that fit our our KLV standard basically we've laid that out together and we're like cool we want these type of clients mm. we call them down clients right they're down um so as long as we're able to serve people like that you're i and when i feel you're in your purpose i feel very good I'm like, cool, like B's like in his element. If you're not, then I feel like I'm not doing my job because I feel like I'm a facilitator of your your channel to be an artist. Mm. And that's what I do behind the scenes. A lot of the time I'm thinking about you complain to me about something, a little complaint, a big complaint. And I'm like, how do we eliminate this complaint? Mm. That's what my role is as a manager. Like the manager does that. So. I spend a lot of my time mastering my role, that manager role, that not a lot of people have the luxury of having. They have their technicians and their visionaries, and very rare do they have that manager in between to help facilitate between the two. And I'm like, dope, I can do that. And I like have, I find joy in it. So Mm. thank God, like I didn't want to be, I didn't also want to be a visionary and compete with you and clash and we wouldn't, have worked out so i'm grateful that i actually love doing the thing that i'm doing i fell into it but i like it i mean i love it and how a relationship the big picture my big picture is to to keep doing what i what i feel like i was successful doing yesterday which was listen and not let my ego say things that keep me from hearing you fully and to help you understand who I am too because I think a lot of my own frustration with you or with our marriage a lot of the communication barriers is because maybe because I haven't figured out how to voice them to you yet in a way that you would understand. Like yesterday, I could feel your defense. I could feel your heat. But I but then it, it took 
It took this amount of time to be there and be like, oh yeah, I get where you're coming from. You know, and I'm not, me not being personally affected and be like, I get where you're coming from, but why? Like how, like what do you, like to ask all these questions that I'm actually saying to you right now with a cool head um, and diffuse you. Mm-hmm. Like if it was five years ago, it'd be an, it's a fight already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or even two years ago, it's a fight already. So the big picture is always, am I, am I listening? Uh, am I doing everything I can? <clears throat> Because then if I'm, if I'm my best person in this marriage, then I think that would inspire my partner to be the best that they could be because they see how hard I'm working to be my best self, which is true, I think, you know, when I'm not telling you to do something or forcing you to take some test or something. Um, and you have the opportunity to rise up because you see and feel the level being risen in our relationship, like you do it. But I don't, I didn't have to be like, you better do this. (laughs) Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You feel like you said everything? I think so. I talked a lot. (laughs) I, I do see patterns. Cool. So I circled. You have nice notes. <laughs> um, so what was the thing that I have to do? <laughs> Circle what? Circle some shit. Uh, hold on. What did I do? So I started underlining like common themes or common words that came up more than um, once. I did all that. Okay. And then I, and then, um, now next is to identify themes. As from words. From what you just like, you, you underline or circle to some shit. So what themes do you see? Reoccurring themes. Reoccurring themes. Um, and how many themes should I narrow it down to? It's limitless. Okay. First, it's limitless first. Do you want to write down your themes as I'm saying it? Okay. You can read your own writing. <laughs> okay. I can read yours. Um, first theme, I mean, this is like a big theme, is that you do not want to be taken advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. You want... Uh, see I'm trying to like paraphrase everything mm. <clears throat> um. bridge um being the uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, but then, if I was to paraphrase, is that um, 
being the bridge builder that interprets the underlying meaning of a person's uh, issue or voice, a person's voice. Another thing is you say um, toxicity a lot and how you want to filter yourself from running into uh, toxic behavior. So you want to shape yourself in uh, attracting those that you want to be with. You also say uh, many things about accountability. Um, and along with accountability is uh, trust. Someone that um, you can be vulnerable with and uh, and still feel safe. And one other big thing is uh, being fulfilled every day to know your purpose. I think I came down to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. When you come down. <laughs> I feel like this is my first draft, okay? Uh-huh. Okay. This is my 
Okay, my first draft is to interpret people's true meaning so that they may discover their own power by consciously shaping their inner voice. Um, so I think maybe the true meaning, the meaning part is a little vague. Okay. Um, and the power, I think power is also can be defined many ways. Okay, so true meaning. Um, authentic self. That's another word. To interpret people's authentic self so that they may discover their own voice. True voice. Yeah, that's more straight to the point. And that could be applied to, yeah, everyone. I feel like I do that. Mm -hmm. That I am conscious of it. Yeah. Well, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're clear. You're concise. It's specific. But, I mean, now you know. It, are do you love those words you... i love these words i've already been saying them mm -hmm. to myself for a while um but I've... everything that led us from this process to that yeah um, i've had the practice of talking about it over yeah. and over and that's why i've come to it so but it's cool to have it down on paper because mm -hmm. i have this in my mind already yeah but i have it on paper and now that it's conscious and written out and they say it can be refined over and over. So mm -hmm. maybe I will, you know, discover more layers and depth yeah. to it. You can, uh, now that it's conscious. Yeah, you can now t do the friends exercise with multiple friends and maybe a refinement each time. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to lead your, like, something even more specific than what it is. Mm. Yeah. And maybe even, like, this is, this is my why and stuff, but... Am I even putting it to action? Mm -hmm. Like I do feel where this resonates, but where is the, where does the courage come from to enact your why? Cause mm -hmm. it does take courage to do this. Yeah. To do any why, like how he's describing it. It's like, you got to step up. Mm -hmm. So it's not let's, passive. Let's say it again. So my why is to interpret people's authentic self so that they may discover their own true voice by consciously shaping their inner voice. So. Uh, it makes sense to yeah. me. It's a lot of voice, it's but a lot like, of voice. I, want, I just like. Maybe I need to read it for myself. Well, I have to write it out. Oh. I didn't exchange it yet. Oh, okay. You want me to write it out complete? Yeah. tattoo it on your side drift cage god it'll be so long <laughs> maybe it needs to be cut down a little bit more okay hold on just like the first one of mine to work hard so that i work can hard, be the play best hard. Bye. <laughs> yours is pretty short but short can be very strong mm-hmm 
To interpret people's authentic self so that they may discover their own true voice by consciously shaping their inner voice. Um, so their true voice is not their inner voice? Yeah, because if your inner voice is saying some messed up shit, like maybe it's fear-based right now, mm-hmm. you have to consciously work to uncover what you truly mean. Oh, yeah. And that's what I do for you a lot of time. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? Where did this come from? And you're like, well, when I was eight. <laughs> so that's good. You know, you do that for your mom. <laughs> yeah, but she resists. <laughs> She's like, no, nope, But that's, that's not your going why there. in life. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was weird to know that my why in life, I mean, although we got, you know, dissect work, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your purpose of why you're living and talking to everybody and you're interacting with specific people or you're attracted to certain people and certain peers that you want to work with. Yeah. 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 Is because... You want to value their, uh, for me, I want to value their own work to see if that's their best self. Are they living their life that they want or they're living a fake life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And some people, when they're shown that, they're like, you know, it's frustrating for us when they're like, mm-hmm. maybe they see that it's a, not an authentic life or self, Yeah. but they're too afraid to step up to step up and i think i i do that a lot because i did it for qual i'm like you're you know you're working in this cubicle but then you keep complaining that you want to pursue photography i'm like why don't you do it Mm -hmm. yeah value your own work and people will value your work when you know you value your own your own yeah yeah now he's doing it right like yeah. he's he's doing his thing and everybody has like that moment of like oh can i do but it <laughs> this is like your power yes it is your power and this is my power in the purpose of living mm-hmm. yeah so maybe you can refine it more yeah what is it again to value one's work so that our peers can be the best version of themselves to value one's work. I don't think it's there yet. Hmm. I think there's a better, more stabbing way of saying it. When you hear it, you're like, oh, you're right. Uh. But we can talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Good. Thanks, fam. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Cool, I found my why. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in, guys. So yeah. that's the exercise. If you like it, you can buy this book <laughs> called Find Your Why. Yeah. <laughs> Find your purpose in life. Yeah, find it. Bye. Ciao.